Hello, friends. Welcome to That's Pretty Woo. Conversations about life, beauty, and magic. Because talking it out makes us all more connected. We're your hosts, Jordan Medina and Kayleen Seuss, two friends navigating the balance between making time for our work and passions while trying to be present in everyday life as mothers, partners, and citizens of the universe. Okay, let's chat. Let's ease into today's episode on our shady shadows by defining shadow. Kayleen, what do these things mean to you? Hmm. Okay. So to me, when we're talking about shadow, we're talking about the opposite of light. So we're talking about like negativity and shame, or maybe I shouldn't even say we, I am talking about Hmm. like regret and worry, drama, gossip, but also like deep like trauma. So kind of like the pity things, but also like the really like deep wounds. It's all for me encompasses shadow. And I think like, it's not just like about that, all that stuff being bad, but it's Mm -hmm. like the contrast in our lives, like day and night, like it's all part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but shadow is kind of like the underbelly to me. That's funny. I think of I think of shadow as our literal shadows. And so it's almost a reflection of you. However, it's different. So like you see your shadow and it's like this dark, different version of you, but it follows you and and mirrors you, but it's mm-hmm. like a, a different aspect of you. And so there's the parts of yourself that you, I think a lot, I think of it mostly in like in a form of self-reflection when it comes to shadow and we have a shadow self and you have yourself and your shadow self. And I think of it as sort of, you know, again, like touching on the things you said, like not your most positive traits or aspects, but how like somewhat that follows us. And then how in contrast, we have our like the lighter selves, the things that we want and want to be and are joyous about, like the traits that we carry that we love versus the traits that we carry that we don't Hmm. per se. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So what, let's see, shadow work. How do you interact with your shadow? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that there have been periods of my life when I've done like a lot of work on things that don't feel good. And then there have been other points in my life where I was like focused on the light and the bright Mm -hmm. and mantras and, you know, all of like the easy breezy things that aren't necessarily like easy, but like isn't so dark and murky. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, in my early twenties, I think I went through like a major identity crisis and didn't really know like who I was or what I was doing. And I was working in a corporate job and I had started my blog as like an outlet. And I had through the internet found this woman that offered like free coaching. And she was a Martha Beck trained coach. And so we did like a lot of Byron Katie's work. And we did a lot of like examining the stories I told myself Mm -hmm. and the the connections that I had to like family members that weren't necessarily positive and like who I was in my history and then who I wanted to be. And we did a lot of work around that. So I would consider that like quite a bit of like shadow work Mm -hmm. in my day to day now. Maybe it's that I already did that work or maybe that it's like, I don't have a bandwidth to go deep because I think that's part of it. Like I think that in reflecting about this episode, I feel like working with your shadow is like a huge privilege. Like Mm. it's something that you have to have like enough availability, bandwidth, time, access, all of those things to even like get there. I mean, I think to some, if you're in survival mode, you don't have time for it. I think, I think to some capacity, yes. I think there's, there can be some really uplifting aspects to doing shadow work because I think like if you're doing like a shadow workshop per se. So when you say shadow work, what do you mean? Okay. So like Debbie Ford is a great example of like, uh, and even Gabby Bernstein with the judgment detox, like examples of shadow work that I think are a little bit like lighter and Mm -hmm. easier and also a little bit like a way of being self-reflective. So one of the things that they say to do and their biggest, like my biggest takeaway is that they talk about how if something bothers you and somebody else, there's a good chance that you're the carrier of the trait. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance that the thing that upsets you about somebody else is actually worth the, the reason it triggers you is because there's a self-reflection of whether you're doing it or not, or whether it's something you could do and you feel judgmental towards even yourself about. Yeah. And so I think just owning that in the first place is a, a great way to own your shadow and sort of embrace like the darker sides of yourself. Like when I feel like super gossipy and, or if I come from a place of feeling like super put out by somebody or like judgmental, and I take the time to like sit back and reflect over what's really bothering me. And then I, I find the compassion in being able to 
see those traits in myself, mm-hmm. immediately it shifts me into a happier place. It shifts me into a less judgmental place. And like, if you look at like the Dalai Lama, he's a super happy guy. And probably because his main focus on the earth is that he preaches compassion mm-hmm. and, you know, realizing that there's like a thread connecting all of us and that, you know, we each carry each other's traits and hold space for each other in that way. And I think that there's something to be said about like in acknowledging the things that bother us so much or trigger us so much about other people, which like in a day, I mean, in doing the judgment detox, you're literally writing down how often you judge other people as well as yourself, which I found the irony in that is that I judge myself a lot more than I ever judge the other people. But um, that was like the step one, I believe. And in doing that, it, it brought my attention to the fact that like when you're spending so much time in judgment, you spend so much less and judgment is one of my biggest shadows. Like that's one of my biggest things that I struggle with. Like I definitely can get on a high horse about things and be like, I don't do this. And I can remember being in like, God, like I was like 13 or 14. I remember walking around the mall with like my mom and my sister, my oldest sister. And I was, you know, gossiping about some girl at school and just, you know, saying whatever. And my sister said something like, you know, whatever you, people are your mirrors and whatever you see in that person that's bothering you, that's your mirror, like to show you things that are bothering you about yourself. And Mm -hmm. in the same way, I think like there's a lighter side of that. And that like a lot of times, like when we we recognize traits we wish we had, we probably already have them or the capacity to. But I think for me, that's like step one shadow work is just, and Debbie Ford, she speaks a lot, like what you don't own owns you. So like letting, if you let these aspects of yourself that you don't really like if you pretend they're not there, as opposed to just being like, this is something about myself that like, I'm not super proud of, but like, I know it about me and I can own it. Then it takes it away a little bit. It takes its power away so that you don't fear it so much. So like if somebody were to call you the name that you fear hearing the most, you know, like say judgmental, you know, somebody says that to you, you know, I am. And so then you can own that and it's, it holds less power. Mm -hmm. So I think that like, I think of that as shadow work, but there's also like, and there's shadow work a la like Lacey's workshop, which I've only dabbled in because it's a little much for me. Mm. And Lacey is to be magnetic. We've talked about her before, but she has a workshop like that's um, unblocked shadow. And she repeats a lot of like the Debbie Ford, like the um, what you don't own owns you. And she believes in like owning your shadow. You come up with like your words that have to do with that you feel about yourself that aren't so great. Mm-hmm. But some of it is, I mean, heavy if you're getting into, you know, your relationships. And, and I think family specifically, you know, I think that can be, I think it's extremely triggering. I think all of us like in our lives, those are the people closest to you. They're the people who you have genetic ties to like Mm -hmm. their traits that somebody else might even have bother you worse than your own family versus seeing outside of yourself. So I think like family can be extremely triggering and it's complicated. You know, it is like, there's no way around that. So I can understand like not wanting to have to do like like reparenting or, you know, some of that kind of stuff when it comes to quote unquote shadow work. But I think like my base level of it is like when I'm feeling discontent, you know, even in my relationship or it's, it's sort of like, well, you can't control anybody else. Like what part am I playing? And like why it's, it's sort of like anything, like you're choosing to focus on the negative. And so shifting that a little bit, because Mm -hmm. then you're choosing to focus on the lighter aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I think that one of the things I've really been focused on in the last probably year and a half is on allowing. And perhaps that's where my disconnect with like understanding like where I, what my role is in shadow work is like, if I, if my main focus is on allowing, Mm -hmm. allowing myself to be me, allowing you to be you, allowing, you know, the person on the street to like have their own experience then there is a little less shadow to be dealt with per se, Mm. because my main thing is just to like, let whatever is be. So if I'm like really struggling, I find that my resistance to like, if I'm struggling with a thought that's coming up Mm -hmm. over and over again, one strategy would be to like prove that that thought wrong or to prove that thought right or to say, I'm not that thought, like you can like do all these different Mm -hmm. options with thought, or I can be like, I'm just going to let that, let that thought be for a minute, not take any action on it, but also like not dwell on it and like let it pass. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, that's probably been my biggest focus is just like on allowing, which is kind of a, it's a very passive thing in my mind. To me, I think some of that is just in wording. Like you don't like the word work. It's all the same. Yeah. It's, it's all the same. Like you're doing that. You're allowing, if you're doing shadow work, that's what you're doing. You're allowing that to come. You're allowing yourself to sit with it. You're owning it because you're saying like, 
oh, this is the reason. But it's 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 all the same. Like essentially, there just seems like there's a lot more examination and like and work and work. Like I mean, I think process. I think self reflection is key. Mm-hmm. I mean, in life, like I think if you're going about the world without like if you're going along in the world and you're not doing any kind of self reflection, like good, bad, or ugly. And, and there should be good in there. Don't get it twisted. Like, I don't think you should just sit yeah. there and like dog on yourself. I mean, judgment detox, it's like, you'll realize how much you're sitting there judging only yourself. But I think like self-reflection is important. I mean, if you're doing any kind of journaling, you're essentially doing some sort of self-reflection and, you know, mm-hmm. you're doing that kind of work. And so I think sometimes like shadow work can be as simple as like morning pages. Shadow mm-hmm. work can be, a, which are, if you don't know what morning pages are, that's um, the practice from the artist's way where you basically write down every thought that you have in the morning in sort of a stream of consciousness style. In the book, they recommend to burn the pages. I don't burn the pages, but mm-hmm. you, you know, getting it out there and just kind of having like a brain dump of your feelings. And you have that moment to kind of, it's like, it's not all beautiful. You know, it's not necessarily like your journal you want to share with the world, but they're feelings and they're real and you have to allow them because mm-hmm. what's your other option? Yeah, I mean, well, there's a lot of other options. Yeah. But to your point, like get the process of getting them out also creates like a separateness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you were talking about like what your shadow is, like it seems like you kind of think of it as like something that like stays with you. I don't think it goes no? away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there will always be words that trigger me. I can name what they are. I mean, I have stuff about being a know-it-all, which I mean, doing this podcast, it makes it tricky because it's like you're coming from a frame of like reading a lot and doing a lot of work. And and some of these are things that have been said to me in my life yeah, that hurt your feelings. All of that is self-inflicted. Like we're the ones that decided. To of course, podcast. of course. But I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm saying like this brings up, it brings up yeah. stuff. It's, yeah. I feel like I've owned my shadow just in doing this podcast because before mm-hmm. I would have been so afraid of being perceived as a know-it-all because that's something I've been called like behind my back before that came out in a way that was not great and not at an ideal time in my life. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, it, it was good that it happened because I needed to hear it. And it was also like, part of it comes from a place of like my know-it-all self comes from a place of trying to relate to people. And so trying to have like the same experience as what they've had. But sometimes I've realized that can come off as like taking on, like not holding space for people or not allowing space for like, I've realized that it's not my ten, it's not my intention right. is what's being reflected, but I can understand where it's coming from, yeah. and, but it hurt, you know, it's not of a course. good, it was not a good thing to hear. Yeah. However, I think like, I'm owning my shadow just in doing this because in the past I would have been so held up by the fear of people thinking that that's what I was, Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have done it. I would never have put myself out there in that way because it's like, who am I to do that? And like my favorite quote of all time is like, I know that I know nothing. And and it's so true. Like I always want to be a student of life. And like, it's just something I think about a lot is like, I don't know everything, you mm-hmm. know, and the fact that somebody would ever call me a note, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so aware of how ignorant I am. That's shocking to me. But there's also something that's presenting in me that way. So it's something worth reflecting. And the fact that it bothers me so much means that there's something worth reflecting about yeah. how I'm holding space for others or how I'm allowing them to have their emotions without my experience coming in. You know, like I've I've learned in my life now to be a much better, I feel like I've gotten better at, especially in one-on-one relationships and I'm not always perfect at it believe you me, but I have gotten much better improved at allowing somebody to have their experience without chiming in with mine. Mm-hmm. And I don't always do it, but oh my I'm God. much like, better. Sorry to chime in on that. <laughs> but I mean, that's like, that also shows me your projector learning, because I think one of the reasons that mm. that's an off-putting energy is because you are a projector. Also. When, when I found out I was a projector yeah. and that's the other thing that aligned with me, I knew immediately I've been perceived as a know-it-all. Yeah. And that's a, that's a tendency of projectors because mm-hmm. you tend to chime in with your your perception of things mm-hmm. and it, sometimes it's too much and sometimes it's too much especially when it's not welcome yeah and sometimes people don't especially like that Brene Brown um TED talk was so insightful to me years ago when it went viral because it talks so much about being empathetic versus sympathetic mm-hmm. and how what people really crave is the empathy and the understanding and the holding space and I think doing the shadow work provides yourself with a level of empathy which I think actually lets us all be happier. That's kind of what I think. I think if you feel more empathy towards others, and I think judgment, you know, is an, is something that keeps you from feeling close to other people. It puts up like walls a little bit because you say, I'm this and you're this. I'm this and you're yeah. this. And so I think when you pull down those walls and you feel a little more interconnected, I think you're able to 
manifest better. You're able to see clear. You're you you are in a more high vibe state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so one of the, so in you talking about it, like I don't know if I really see the difference between shadow work and personal development. There's not that much difference in, I mean, I think this, I think the shadow, there's a shadow aspect of personal development. I think personal development can be like focusing on the good and like only, only, I think you can, you, I think there are people who do personal development who only look at the good, who don't do any like looking at the bad aspects of themselves or self-reflection. Right. But perhaps Mm. for that 10%, like maybe that's the thing that works for them. You know what I mean? Like I don't necessarily, I think one of the things that I've been learning about like us dabbling into all these different Mm -hmm. people and all these different offerings is at the heart, a lot of people are saying the same thing, but they are Mm -hmm. coming at it from really different angles. And then they have different people that resonate with them. And then some who kind of turn them off. And I think it's because we all are having different experiences, but then we also have like unifying experiences. And so one of the things about like even wanting to talk about like what is shadow work and what is because I feel like shadow is like a word that people are saying out in the Mm -hmm. internet and the self-development areas but I mean I literally had a friend ask me like was that like devil worship is shadow work (laughs) devil worship and I was Mm -hmm. like well I mean I guess it could be but like that's not what we're talking Mm -hmm. about but it's like the idea that only focusing on the positive could be wrong. Like it would be wrong if that was wrong for you. But like there is a, I think a scenario at which perhaps maybe for like, maybe it's even like two year period of time where like that is like all you needed or like all that like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then like, and then maybe by like getting yourself to that elevated state of focusing on positivity, maybe that breaks up space for like letting some of this other stuff come in. I almost feel like you have to go through the shadow stuff to be in a high vibe enough state to get to that place. Because I think that like part of it, I mean, I guess the difference I see or the thing I see about like shadow work versus like light work is another word that's used. I guess like, you know, when you like, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a necessity. I think like if you're going through life without acknowledging any shadow, something's not right because I do think you're oblivious. I think you're definitely probably not treating other people that well or yourself because if you're going through that, you're probably, you're probably holding on to some unhappiness. Whereas if you just kind of were like, like the shadow work is actually coming at it from a place of compassion and kindness so that you feel less, so that you have less shadow, so that you feel less bad. So I sort of feel like if you go into it with just the idea of like good vibes only, you're probably going to come out of it not feeling great in life because that's not a reality. Like we're going to deal with things that bother us. So this is sort of like an aspect of like how you deal with it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do one specific person's like, you know, we've talked about like before, like, you know, for Kayleen, like Lacey's work, you know, you haven't done it, but it doesn't resonate with you as much mm-hmm. because like, you know, and I totally get that. Cause I think different people have different ways, but I think yeah, it's like, just like different. I mean, I still like ice cream. It's just that like different flavors. Absolutely. Different absolutely. And so I don't think like by any means, like her work is the only form of shadow work. Like I wouldn't even mm-hmm. say that's the majority of the shadow work I do. Cause I've literally only dabbled in her workshop. Cause I felt like it was too much for me. Mm-hmm. So I think like, I think just, it's a more a matter of like, I think shadow work is more a matter of like, there is no light without the dark. Like you can't just yeah. have the one without the other. Like we, we have to be balanced beings. Like I think if you were only in the shadow work without having the light work, that's a whole nother thing. Like you could probably be a pretty heavy person and wouldn't mm-hmm. see a lot of the positive light aspects of life. Whereas if you were only in the light aspect and not looking at any of the darker, uh, like underbelly, you'd be kind of living an oblivious, oblivious life where you're not necessarily mm-hmm. like a well-equipped to handle people who are outside of your realm, you know, like that would, you would probably be triggered quite often by other people who didn't fall within your like small frame of happiness, you know, or people who dealt with things that were triggering to you. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you have like, kind of like both, then you're a little bit more balanced, but yeah, you could probably be in that dark phase. And like, that's sort of like, if you get in that really dark phase of just pure shadow work and everything's evil and horrible and, you know, like you're only seeing the ugly underbelly of it, a, you're probably not doing the shadow work, but also you're probably like depressed or, you know, maybe, maybe that's like when you would meet somebody and be like, God, that person is toxic. And I've got to like shut myself off from that. You know, people have that too, where it's like, mm-hmm. you have to, but I've seen, I've seen in different communities, especially like in the woo world, 
I've seen people talk a lot about cutting people out that are toxic or, Mm -hmm. you know, removing them. And I think that's a great example of somebody who might need to do some shadow work because like if there's something you're really finding toxic in that person, you're probably not holding a lot of space for that. Like, I think there's a lot of like, I don't think we have to remove everybody that's toxic from our lives. I mean, I think there's definitely scenarios where you do. And I think there's boundaries are very key, especially when you're doing shadow work, like holding space for yourself, having like being kind to yourself, like practicing immense amounts of self-care if you're going to do any kind of like deep diving into the harder aspects of like life and things Mm -hmm. that bother you or trigger you. But, you know, I think it's, it's complicated for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, I think I view it as like them going hand in hand and not being like necessarily like an either or, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, I also think like maybe the way that we're viewing it, our time horizons are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Like I don't necessarily in my life see a history of doing all of it at once. Whereas Mm -hmm. there's like more of like, like I said, when I was working with that coach, like that was a lot of shadow stuff and I worked through some things. And so, yeah, stuff like pops up from now and then that relates to that stuff we worked through. But I feel like really, I think I've learned to trust like decisions and choices that I've made. And even in like a moment of like feeling like, oh, well, is that the right thing? Like trusting the person that I was then to like make those choices mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. trust that work that I did and not second guess it. Um, so I see is like if it's like over a 10 year period of time, there were some like shadow phases and then Mm -hmm, there were mm -hmm. some light phases. But like in one week period, I'm not necessarily like delving into like my subconscious sadnesses. Oh, no, I'm not either. No, (laughs) no, no, no. I don't think that you're like like I don't think shadow work is like a something you do all the time. I think it's good to, but it can be also if you're talking about like wanting to judge people. Well, judgment detox is a very basic, it's it's like your upper echelons of shadow work, because I think you could get into some really deep stuff. Like I've let go basically just now two of my like lighter shadow stuff. I'm sure there's deeper stuff that's like, you know, I'm probably not going to share on this podcast that have like triggered me or like are familial or, you know, stuff that like I've had to set boundaries that I've been unsure of. And that, and that's different. Like that's so personal. And I like, I don't know what our souls came here to do. I don't know who I've known before. Like, I don't know what all that's about even, you know, and I think that's like beyond me in some ways. And Mm -hmm. I think, but I think like looking at like basic things when something really gets under your skin at the end of the day, I'm, I'm creating that emotion for myself in Mm -hmm. some ways. And Mm -hmm. I think acknowledging that and taking ownership of that I think what I see sometimes if you like were to, I see people who want to only be like the good vibes only, you know, that that's on like every t-shirt at Target. And I think what I see in that, that I think is like not maybe is something that's not so great as we've, we've taken, we've taken it where we only want this like little bubble of good, which is like not the human experience. It's not realistic. And it also it just doesn't allow for much compassion, I think, sometimes. I think it's like a pendulum that has swung a little bit too far. Yes, yeah. Where like now we're acknowledging that vibes are a thing. And so now like, oh, we like really want good vibes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to wear my high vibe shirt. I'm in good vibes only. Like, yeah. But I think that we, you have also seen like all vibes are welcome and all vibes are okay. And just like, yeah, if you're focusing only on wanting high vibes, mm-hmm. then it can make you feel like something's wrong with you when you're not in a high vibe space. And it can also, it like diminishes the value of the contrast and the value of like things don't always go as according to plan. Mm-hmm. And I think that when things are feeling more negative or murky or bad, if you're able to allow that and not judge yourself Mm -hmm. and not judge whoever else is in that experience with you and then take small steps to work your way back into the high vibe, good vibe state, then that's great. But it's like if if you're only allowing and focusing on good vibes, that's like that is a kind of, you know, a dangerous, you're just not setting yourself up for success. Absolutely. And so Gabby Bernstein, she has the Judgment Detox book, which is wonderful. And it's it's really focused just on kind of the judgment, literally judgment detox. It is. I like judge the heck out of that title. (laughs) I was like, I'm not gonna read that book. But the um her new book, which I'm loving, super attractor. And what I'm loving about it is that she's combined actually a lot of books that we've talked about and a lot of other. um, She combines like the concept of shadow work, judgment detox. She combines the emotional scale, which is talked about in the letting go book. Mm -hmm. 
which I love. And she talks about Abraham. She really, really does a good job of the Abraham Hicks stuff. And in one of the chapters that I just read, because I'm not through this book yet, but in, I think it's like the third or fourth chapter, she talks a lot about moving up the emotional scale and how you're not going to jump from like sorrow to, she's like, basically, she's like, boredom is a good place to be Mm -hmm. if you're in sorrow, because if you're bored, it's like you've moved up the emotional scale. And so I think that's what I mean when I say like, you're going to have to do some of the shadow work first, because you're not going to go from like sorrow to peace if you haven't moved up the emotional scale. And Mm -hmm. some of that does require a little bit of self-reflection. I think if you've ever gone through a breakup, this is a great example. It's easy at first to be like, it was all them. And you can live in like a bit of a victim mentality for a little bit by, you know, or, or you don't, you might be like, it was all me and I'm terrible. You know, Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've done both like in breakup. And I think it's like, it's easy to be in kind of that mentality, but when you start to kind of like parse it out and realize that like each person has their own responsibilities and like when you, when your emotions come back from it and you like are able to move out of that a little bit, then you can kind of see like, oh, okay. Like, They had this responsibility in it. I had this. You can look at it from a more logical perspective, which is how you really should be. You should be creating your boundaries out of logic. Like this, this is not working for me because of this. That's so funny. Okay. I would always say that like, I feel like boundaries come from like that gut feeling of like, of a lack of safety. Like that's where my boundaries come from is not from logic, but usually from that, like that initial logic definitely plays a role but yeah the, like, the first thing is like oh the, no I agree I agree that it's a it's a feeling it's the warning yeah yeah, like, yeah the alert so sorry not to jump in oh on no you, but. no that's fine I mean I I I agree with what you're saying too because I mean I definitely think I've come when I'm when I've set firm firm boundaries and been very but I think there's also a place to be like I see in a breakup especially when you're like evaluating it absolutely and debriefing. I think I think with empathy that's a str- always been a struggle for me is having strong boundaries because I'm always like I dated somebody who, who it was a toxic relationship you know I'm not gonna say him or me but for a long time and the breakup was really drawn out and I would convince myself that like because I because I do, I've always done sort of shadow work and I've done sort of this, like, I believe in empathy, but I think, yeah, there's, there's a fault there. You're right. Like, but I think that's why I have to have the logic with the boundaries Mm -hmm. because I was able to be like, I was able to convince myself that things weren't wrong because I was like, it's okay. They're coming from this place. They struggle with this. That's why they acted this way and did this thing. And they, you know, they do really care about me, even though, and that's why I think the logic has to come in, or at least mm-hmm. for me, it does. Because yeah. I think my boundaries, I think you're probably better at setting boundaries. I think like, yeah. than I, than I would be yeah. because I think I have a level of like, Oh, it's fine. You know, I'm able to pass off. Like I, I feel like I'm able to kind of be like, Oh, it's fine. And like, I will be so upset about something for one minute. And then I, I get over things really quickly. So it's like, then all of a sudden, if you don't have the logic there of like, girl, they keep doing this to you. You're mm-hmm. going to do this again and again. This is a pattern. Like, you have to have this boundary and you have to lay it firm. And so for me, it did have to come from a place of like pulling in some logic because it wasn't yeah, there. That makes sense. So I think for me, boundary setting has been, had to be more logical because I, I think I don't, I don't know if I had the emotional bandwidth to make the right choice. Yeah. But I, I do know what you're saying about that. Vis- I've, I've definitely had other situations where it's been like a visceral, like, no. Yeah. Hard line. Yeah. That's, I mean, some of that's like a Martha Beck thing. She talks a lot about like, who's that? So Martha Beck, she's a coach. She was like early in the coaching Mm. world. And so she has books and she talks a lot. I think she, it's funny because I wouldn't necessarily like label myself as like somebody who's like into shadow work at all. But I know that like, I think it's just the words that we use to describe. But I think like for me, personal, well, first it was called self-help now it's personal development, but it's like all the same. Mm-hmm. It's looking at like the lies we tell ourselves, the untruth, mm-hmm. and then showing showing ourselves like what is true. And I think, so I think it's like lies, truth, and then love and fear are like mm-hmm. the root of yeah. all of it. It's just like, because if you're judging yourself or you're judging somebody else or you're feeling something like unsafe, like all of that is related to fear. And then the way out of that is to finding like what's true and what like makes you feel the most loving towards yourself and towards other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the allowing practice is the thing that like brings me back to love that makes because sense. if I just like put down my arms and like let let whatever be, like it's going to pass 
faster and there's a lot less judgment and it is like totally against my nature to just like allow, but it also is something that like allowing kind of like does create boundaries, but in a very different way where it's like, you are going to be you, but like mm-hmm. it doesn't impact me mm-hmm. the way that, oh, yeah, like, I agree with that getting involved in a drama would, because mm-hmm. once I involve myself in a drama and there's a back and forth and now I'm bought in and I have my own viewpoint, da, 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 like that's a very like, you know, you're still putting up a boundary, but it's like a very different one. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I'm not, I think the thing I'm most drawn to is allowing. It's not something that like is an innate reaction in me at all. Right. Well, I think that to me, that's sort of like when I think of shadow work, like specific shadow work, I think of like coming up with like four words about yourself that you feel, but don't like, like something somebody might've said that triggered you, like Mm -hmm. they called you this name. And so for you, I would think allowing would be kind of the opposite. Like, I would think you probably have like some of your stuff might have to do with like control or feeling like, like maybe your drive or something like the things I get from you or that you like that you want are the, which I would consider like the opposite of shadow or like allowing calm, piece. So I'm assuming your shadow stuff, which I don't know, probably has something to do with the opposites of those words. Yeah. It's funny because I mean, I think like at the current moment, like the things that I feel like the grossest about and like the stuff that like really needs like work is like related to my body. And it isn't like when you're talking about like somebody calling you judgmental or whatever, like I don't really have any of those triggers at the moment, like in my life. And I'm also in a place where I'm not like interacting with a whole lot of people, like other adults. Like I (laughs) don't go to an office. Like when I was in an office setting, like I had a lot more like day to day shadowy things happening because there's like gossip and like shady people and Mm -hmm. like things are being, things are just dramatic. But like in the moment, like the two things are like me and my body and then me and my children and me and my husband. Like my life is like pretty Mm -hmm. small right now, but motherhood body wise. And then also like personality people wise has brought up all of the shadows in my life because like what we said earlier, shadow is like totally related to a lot of people's upbringing, childhood, Mm -hmm. family relationships. And so it's also like becoming like in my mid thirties, like the voice I have now, the things I say are things that I can remember my parents saying and the voices that they use. Like this is all just happening now because they were in their mid thirties when I was young Mm -hmm. and I have those memories. So it's all kind of like hitting at once where there is many times where, and I think this is when my, like when I'm aware of my shadow is when I hear something come out of my mouth, that's not mine. That like that my parent, one of my parents or like a coach Mm. or a teacher would say when the words that the sentences that I say didn't come from me, they came from like my history, my Mm. past. And I'm like, who said that? Like, oh no, that was my mouth that said it. But like, those aren't my thoughts. Those are, that's not how I feel. That's like not my soul. Um, and a lot of it, like the body stuff is just, it's cultural. It's like societal. It's all that stuff. But like we have these bodies, they change all the time. We carry them around with us. They do amazing, miraculous things for us. But do you feel like the so like the body stuff might be like, a, like physically, you may not feel like a confident in your body or like, I feel that too. I totally understand. But like, do you feel like a shame for not, for not feeling good about your body? Because yeah, like, well, I would I'm think like, the I shadow sh- is like a sh- more of a shame thing. Like, well, I mean, for, I guess it just depends on like your definition of shadow, yeah. but I would say like my, like the murky negative things right now that are mostly thought related. Like my body's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm in clothes that like fit and like, it's fine. I just don't like the way that I'm feeling Mm -hmm. and thinking and saying and doing and that like feeling that way creates a spiral of like then not eating the most nourishing foods. Mm -hmm. Then my clothes don't fit that good. Then like I'm making choices from this place of like not feeling good. And it's weird because I also like really resonate with people who are talking about like more body positivity and Mm -hmm, all that stuff. Like mm -hmm. that stuff like that makes sense to me and I like it and I'm attracted to it. But then there's like, I, I think for me, shadow like comes from this place of like, yeah, from like old deep wounds a lot of times and Mm -hmm. from not feeling safe, from not feeling okay or whatever. And I, so I feel like shadow sort of like this like recurring cycle that like comes up, like from like bubbles up from history. Yeah. And perhaps maybe even from like past lives and things like maybe not even just from our childhood, but like, yeah, it's that feeling that I have of like when I say something to my kids or when I say something like in passing to my husband, like about like 
what I'm wearing or how I look. And I'm like, mm. I don't even know if I really believe that, but like those things are like flying out of my mouth. So obviously those thoughts are like within me, mm-hmm. but then it's like, there's that disconnect. So, so it's almost like, okay, I get it. Like, especially like if you think of it in terms of like judgment detox and all the self-judgment we do, because I remember doing that list and being like, holy crap, it's all me. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't judge other people mm-hmm. as much as I judge myself. Mm-hmm. It's basically like you're judging yourself for your body and then you're judging yourself for having the thought yeah. about your body. I totally understand that, especially in our culture. My client, Lindsay, and I, we actually talk a lot about this. Lindsay is an eating disorder coach. She had an eating disorder during her time at like Harvard Business School and in grad school. And then she came came here and then she ended up having a baby. It like pulled her out of her eating disorder. And then since then she now does coaching. She's like major. She's awesome. Mm. She does one-on-one coaching, but we talk a lot about like at the end of the day, she still runs every day. You know, she sometimes does two a days. Like, and we talk a lot about like still she's, she has like clients who she says she works with who still have goals when it comes to their fitness and health and whatever. And she said, okay, there's, here's the separate things. Like are you wanting to do this because you, she was, you know, one of her clients is like, well, I got really winded on a hike or something like this, you know? And she's like, okay, are you wanting to do this? Cause you don't want to feel winded on the hike. And then she's like, well, I want to do this so that I feel more loved. You know, like that tends to be the real root of it mm-hmm. is that we feel that we'll be more loved, which I totally struggle with the body stuff too. So like, I'm right there with you. And it's interesting because I think like she makes so many good points and I love talking to her about it. And I love her approach because she doesn't condemn one thing over the other. Like Mm -hmm. you can still have goals for your body without having an eating disorder. Well, yeah, because I mean, yeah, we have, I mean, I think it's one of our responsibilities. I was going to say we have to take care of our bodies, but that's, that's not true. But I think I view it as something that is like a responsibility of mine that if I want to like live a long and happy and healthy Mm -hmm. life, like I should probably do the right things to take care of my body. But there's like a lot of noise out there right Mm -hmm. now, like about intuitive eating, all this other stuff. And so like for me, it's like, yeah, it just like, I feel like that is probably like one of the bigger shadow things that's come up. And then also just like embarking on a new phase of parenting where uh, we have a three-year-old who's starting to like not agree with us and not just be this like super compliant little toddler. Like he has real opinions mm-hmm. about things and he's starting to get a voice. And so then I'm like, oh crap, we have to start figuring out like who we are as parents, like what our parenting philosophy is and all of this stuff. And so that is like also bringing up some like elements of my childhood and upbringing where I'm like, okay, what do I want to do differently? Mm-hmm. And all of that. And I feel like the self-reflection and the connecting to like your intuition and like your, your higher self, Mm -hmm. like that is the stuff that kind of like helps me bring myself out of the shadowy bits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you feel like? Do you, do you have anything that you find like triggering in other people? Like even like, what are your little, like, what are your littlest pet peeves? Like for me, there are people who don't use blinkers and people who back into parking spaces and people who jaywalk. And I can tell you what that says about my shadow, but I want to hear yours. I don't have that kind of stuff like nothing is gets on your nerves there or like drives some, you crazy not like n- nothing that I can rattle off like that. okay like I think we have like a different approach to some things in life I just yeah you know, but I just I'm just different. curious like if you had a yeah. pet peeve like nothing ever bothers you you know most people have like something that's their pet peeve you know like when I first started dating Adam he like told me a few of his pet peeves about me that I never even knew were a thing but no I don't really have like that there are 100 percent people who just rub me the wrong way. And so I tend to just avoid those situations or avoid those. Can you say like what traits in those people that would be? No. Well, one thing that I don't love is like a sad, wet puppy, not like an actual dog, but like a person who's giving off that vibe. Mm -hmm. There's like something really like innately mean about me that like wants to kick the puppy. (laughs) Not Mm -hmm. really, Mm -hmm. but there's just like that feeling that like it's, but it feels so gross and mean within me. It's very easy to identify. And I almost laugh at it. Like that embarrassment that I just had of like verbalizing that Mm -hmm. that's like the reaction that that comes from it. Okay. But like, that isn't really something that I want to work on or like eliminate because I am at a place where I can just laugh at it. And like, I know it's like, stupid and ridiculous. I'm not actually acting. I'm at a point now yeah. where I'm not acting. Well, out we probably already like have worked anger. on it. Yeah, yeah. But not like I didn't like sit down and like write in my journal, like my shadow is like, oh, this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. but there's like that vibe of like, 
when it, I'm judging the situation that like that person or the situation, they're not like pulling themselves out of it. And they're like, not whatever. Like those are the judgments. It's like a victim. You don't like a victimhood mentality or something. Or yeah. You but feel specifically like- when it's like raining, like all the chips are down and like, but it, it's always in a scenario where I'm like, I'm being the jerk. Like I'm the jerk in this situation. And like, it happens so quickly that I'm like, I'm the jerk. Like it just like, it calms. And then yeah. I let it go. Then you do the work. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you don't, don't shadow work. But isn't it's like, like writing a journal. Yeah, yeah, that is shadow work. That's just acknowledge the acknowledgement. Yeah. That's the shadow work. Yeah, that is it. That's it. All you have to do is acknowledge. You yeah. don't. There's no. There's nothing else to do. There's no like. Okay, well then I'm very well versed. Then in my you're very work. well versed because you you acknowledge like a bad thing about yourself. That's yeah. that's what I'm saying. When but I'm, I don't like. But then I also don't like. I don't hold on. Like I just know that's like something that pop. But it's like a mood or something. You know, it's like that sure. just like comes and I'm like, okay, it's over. You like, don't have I don't, to like like dwell in your shadow. Okay. There's nothing about your shadow work that's like you have to feel bad about it all yeah. the time. I don't feel bad. Like I I, I was hurt when I was called a know-it-all. Sure. And there's times where I'm like, oh, I don't want to be that. And like, oh, that stung. I, I tried not to do that. Like that felt icky. But I'm always, okay, like in that scenario, I'm like that isn't your problem. That's the person that called you a know-it-all's problem. No, I think that I probably, I think there's a reason <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't found know the, it triggering. Yeah. And I think that I probably yeah. was being a bit of like a one-upper, like a Penelope. Like I think that they're in that moment. A Penelope? Yeah. Do you remember Penelope was the one-upper on SNL played by Kristen Wiig? And she would be, it'd be like, I have, she, someone would be like, I have a hand. She's like, I have two hands. I have two hands. You know, she was like yeah. the one-upper and I could be okay. a bit of a Penelope. Like yeah. not meaning to, but it was like in a way of trying to relate to people. I'm the same way. Yeah. I, it's a projector thing yeah, for sure. But yeah. I think that like, when I say shadow work, like that's what, I don't think there's like some deep, dark, like dwelling in it, but yeah. I'm saying you, what I'm saying about like, if somebody were to only choose to focus on the good and never acknowledge anything bad about themselves, they'd yeah. probably be a little, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think you would agree with that. Like yeah. you just own it. And that seems like yeah. it's not that much of a struggle for you. Like you don't no. like, I think but there's I think people who do to struggle be. to own their shadow. And I think there's moments we all struggle to own our shadow. Oh my God. I think if someone had met me when I was like in my corporate job, before I was married, before I had kids, like, I feel like I feel like having children has like broken me open and like split me Mm -hmm. open in so many ways where I'm just like, I think it was a weird timing effect that happened where I like started to get into some more of this like self-help world Mm -hmm. at that same, but it was like my coping mechanism, my like way out, but it's like all come together in a way that, yeah, I feel like I'm like a pretty different person, but I, I'm, I mean, I'm so fascinated right now with our human desire for drama. I mean, Mm. we love drama and we love drama in the media that we consume. We love drama in our everyday conversations. It is, it's so interesting to me because believe me, I participate in it, Mm. but it doesn't feel, I don't understand the like evolutionary benefits of us being into drama. Like what is the thing? What do we have to gain? That's actually something I have a lot of shadow around. So like I've really had to cut back on my real housewives consumption and a lot of the like just and gossip is something it's a vice that I love. Like I'll be honest, I love to I love a good gossip session with my best friend about like we can talk about whatever and whoever and there's no judgment between us, even though we are it's like literally judging, like bathing, is in it. bathing in judgment. Um, <laughs> but it, I have come to realize like long-term the effects are not good for me. It doesn't mm-hmm. make me feel good. doesn't make me feel more connected to other people. Mm-hmm. It, um, it creates a separateness, yeah. which I don't like. And I think, you know, there's definitely, that's a shot, like vices, I think in general are things that you're kind of they may not necessarily be something that other people view as vices. Like I view for, like for me, I'm like gossip and real housewives. Vices for me. You may not view them as vices for you. And I think when we look at vices, the whole idea of that, that's a good opening to what what your shadow is right there. Like Mm. if your vices are these things, there's probably something in there that's bothering you a little bit about what you're doing. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a vice. It would be just a joy. It would be just a, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think there's that like, and that's a good example of like how allowing can kind of like get you out of that. Cause if you just like let yourself have your vice, yeah, then also like you probably maybe wouldn't be like at, like there is a vibe to like something being illicit or like, you know, kind of like out there Mm -hmm. that like that gives you a high too. I'm still so embarrassed about the the wet puppy thing, by the way. Oh, don't be. But that's, that's what I'm saying. Like the thing. Well, what I've come to learn from being bothered by people who back into parking spaces, blinkers, people don't use blinkers, and people who jaywalk. Do you know what it is that ties those three things together? They're not following the rules. Entitlement. 
I feel that they feel entitled. But then I look at entitlement and I'm like, what areas of my life do I seem to feel entitled? And there must be something that I feel so entitled to have such a big judgment about them. I told you that when you like hate jaywalking that you need to take it. I will find I will find it and I will send it to you. But you need to take a deep dive into like pedestrian rights and pedestrian safety. It's not that. In Austin, I've seen three people in person get hit by cars. And I just think that it's not the city to jaywalk in. It's not. Well, that's true. But we are, we have created a system in our country that makes it that it's like really hard to be on foot. But we have like lights that tell you when to go in Austin. So I'm sort of like just in downtown. That's what I'm talking about. But like just generally speaking, it isn't, it isn't a place to be on foot and like we're made to be on foot. So it's just kind of this. Like, I, I don't disagree with that. And the funny thing is when I go to New York, I do jaywalk because you have to jaywalk to get around. But here, the, the, the car rules are different. Cars will stop <laughs> for you here. People are on their phone and they will plow through and slam into you and you will die. Like <laughs> literally, like I've seen but two, what I don't so many people hurt. What, I mean, again, I guess I don't understand why that makes you upset. Because I, I don't like to be with people who do it because it makes me feel like they feel like they're entitled to do it. And Even I'm if like, there's no cars coming. I sometimes, I mean, I, I jaywalked with you like a couple <laughs> weeks ago, but I, I don't love it. But it's like there were no cars coming. But it's like a, but I also am willing to say, like, okay, this must bother me so bad yeah. because there's something in me that I don't like about that. Like there's something in me that feels entitled in certain ways. Yeah. And like that's something I have to work on. So I, I view it as an opportunity to see what I need to see. See where it needs work. Mm-hmm. I've just find, I'm like, if something doesn't trigger you, probably doesn't need work. If something triggers you, there's a good chance you mm-hmm. might need to look into it because, like, if somebody's, you know, like for you, if you're bothered by somebody who's like the sad puppy, yeah, there's something in you that you probably like might want to deal with it. Something you may not, you know, yeah. but there might well, be something think- in you that's like. One of the things that, that bothers you. came out of the Enneagram coaching that I did with Christy Fountain is that part of my Enneagram is, which I don't remember any of my numbers at the moment, so don't ask me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the things is that one of my like superpowers is that I can make people feel safe. And so I think there is a connection between those two things in that like if I just lean into that superpower in those circumstances to help that sad puppy feel safe and let them know like I'm here for you, everything's going to be okay – it takes something that like originally feels like gross. And I'm like, oh God, Mm. to like, okay, this is actually an opportunity where me, who I like, I bossy is like one of the things that like when I was a kid, people would call me bossy all the time because I was freaking bossy. But like, I'm at a point now where that doesn't bother me at Mm -hmm. all. Um, And like, I'm in situations where I'm like, fine, I'll be the, but it's like, once I step into that role, I'm like very comfortable with it. It's like that when you're like right before you like step in Mm. where I'm like, oh, do I have to take control of this situation? And then just knowing that like my main goal in that situation is to just help everybody know that they're safe. Everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to get through this. Then like that sad puppy grossness is gone. And I'm like, then I can do my thing. But it's like that in between where I'm like Mm. going back and forth. Like, am I going to jump in? Am I not? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. feels gross to me. That makes sense. So on to what? Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. Okay. The thing about shadow that I think most resonates with me before this conversation was shadow and creativity and business and like inter interpersonal reactions to like trying to like build a company or like be creative. And there's a lot of in big magic, Elizabeth Gilbert's book. She talks a lot about, I don't if she actually like calls out the word shadow, but mm-hmm. she talks a lot about like the glorification of like the tortured artist and all that you could never like come up with like a great song unless you're in a heartache or you can't write like these excellent novels unless you're like down on your luck and drunk and all of the things that like this personification of like the starving and tortured artist is. And the thing that she brings to it is like this idea of us interacting with genius and letting like inspiration come to us and then having a contract with inspiration. And it's like so light and so high vibe, but it's out of that space of like, how do we contrast this other realm of negativity? Mm -hmm. So I, I just was curious, like what your thoughts are in terms of like business and shadow and creativity. Oh yeah. Shadow. I mean, well, I think I'm really glad I came into Lacey's work and like working on my shadow a little bit when we came into this, because I think one thing, I think probably the thing in my like adult life that stung the most was finding out that people were saying that I was like a one-upper or a, um, you know, like a know-it-all because I was like, how do I fix this? Because I don't want people to 
I don't want to make everything about me, you know, and then doing a podcast where you share your views, like there's a level of this that is about me. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm having to share yeah. my perspective. And so I think letting go of that fear and mm-hmm. of the fear of judgment and letting go of that judgment towards myself, because I, you know, if somebody perceives me that way, it's not my intention. There's a good chance that could happen. Um, but it's okay. And maybe the better thing is that I still got to say my piece and that that's what art is, is like your piece. Like you get to create and share. And like when you're creating, if you come from it from a place of worrying about what other people think, you're ne- you're going to be stifled and you're never going to be create. And yeah. I think that's what I've, I think that's happened to me for maybe like the eight years since it was said to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think I spent a lot of time living in the fear of what was said about me and feeling like, okay, this is, you know, this bad thing that people think and it stifled me. And I think like in, I think like hearing Lacey say, because I I remember that was like one of the first things that drew me into kind of maybe wanting to do that work or just any of the work, which again, I've not done much of the shadow work, but I think was hearing her say what you don't own owns you, which is a Debbie Ford quote from the, Mm -hmm. um, from her book, which I love. And I think hearing that it, it made me realize like, I'm not opening myself up. Like there's, there's so much now. I think yeah. people are like regurgitating a lot of stuff. Like Instagram has become, everybody's a coach and I don't have any problem with coaches, but I've almost, it's almost become where every single post, somebody's trying to put an inspirational quote underneath what they're saying. And I have almost like really backtracked on that where I'm like, what, what is this? Like, I, I know we all want to live in high vibe and be inspired, but like what it would actually inspire me is like when people like kind of tell me like the not so great about themselves. Like that's when I really feel connected to somebody Mm -hmm. else. Like when Mm -hmm. somebody comes in and they don't say like, you know, motherhood's hard, but I'm doing it and I'm doing it and I'm, I'm going to get it together. We are in this together. Like that's all well and good. And I'm happy people are doing that too. But what I really love is when somebody's like today was and I am like struggling. And there's a part of that that's like really beautiful and open and shadowy. But I think when you do that, you open yourself up to so much more. And so if I had let myself be in the, like, if I had let myself let those words get to me and let my fear of that get to me, I wouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. So I think like this has been a perfect example of, of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, it's interesting just thinking about this I view the podcast as like a creative expression, but I also view it as like the thing I like to do online, which is like connect Mm -hmm. and connect the Mm -hmm. dots, but also connect with other people. And I think one of the things that our original intention was to have this space where if you felt maybe like you were a little woo, but you didn't know what woo was, that it would be like a safe home for you to come hang out with some people who are like dabbling in the woo. Mm -hmm. Like we started this episode, not even a hundred percent sure. Like what the heck is shady shadow anyway? Like, and I think it is all of these things. But when you were talking about everybody's a coach now, I was like, just thinking about the fact that like doing a course or reading a book, all of that is like helpful. But sometimes the thing that you need most or that I found I need most is like the one-on-one attention. Mm -hmm. And so working with a therapist or working with a coach or working with some guide of some sort one-on-one through some of this stuff has been the thing that has like, and for me, it's almost never been intentional. Like I never stepped into a scenario where I was like, I want to work on X. It was like, I did the Enneagram thing and I was like, what? Oh, so we're like talking about my childhood this whole time. (laughs) Okay. And, and how I can relate to my, my children and my husband better. Mm -hmm. Like that is, I was like, no, I'm doing research for the podcast. I just want to learn what the Enneagram is. But see that to me, that is shadow work. Like that's for sure. But I didn't step into that scenario wanting to do shadow work. Right. And because I honestly, I don't think that I'm the kind of person that would ever really seek that out. And perhaps maybe after this conversation, I'll be a little bit more open to things. I think it's more also like recognizing when it's happening because now you're like saying, well, you did this Enneagram course and it was shadow well, work, like I, but, but if I you knew. had been told it was shadow work, you maybe wouldn't have done it. Yeah. I would no, because I'm not really interested. <laughs> like even you talking about like those two different Instagram posts that the motherhood is yeah. hard. And then like, mm. I, I'm not somebody who like is super into the, like today was a really tough day. Yeah. Instagram post. Yeah. I, I, but I would, I do love like essays like that on a blog or in it. Yes. So yeah. Like, but like on Instagram, I think like, I mean more, I think more, and maybe there's some shadow aspect of this too. And fe- it's all shadow. It's all shadow. I mean, really, <laughs> if you look at what bothers you and somebody else, there's For a good sure. chance it's something in me that, I mean, it's me that's being bothered. So it's yeah. me that holds the key yeah. to the bother. So <laughs> what bothers me is like all these people taking the stance that they know everything, which is funny 
funny because I'm saying my yeah. shadow is being a know-it-all yeah. and I'm bothered by people knowing it all. <laughs> That's what bothers me. So like, yeah, it's very clear. But what I'm saying is like, it, I think this is a good chance for people to like listen to this and then just notice their triggers throughout a week and then mm. see what they can do to be like, because I think if you can own some of your shadow, you will feel less bothered. And I think that's a happier, more high vibe way to live. For sure. But I also think that like a, a wanting to be less bothered, like also isn't maybe the answer. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you have to allow, but I think you would, by allowing what you're saying is, it, it's it is less being bothersome. less bothered. Yeah. Yes. But I think that like, it's a different approach yeah. and I think like we are different people. So we're going to have different approaches. Absolutely. But I think that like, yeah, it's just, I think for me in motherhood specifically, there was a period in time where I was really seeking an ability to be calm under any circumstance. And then I did that session with Jess Lively where I tapped into my intuition on her show. And the answer was, that's not the answer. Mm -hmm. The answer was like, you're here for all of it. And like, you're not, your kids aren't going to learn how to be human. If you are just like a Zen Buddha in the middle of mm -hmm. their tantrum, you're mm -hmm. going to be a neglectful mother. Like right. you are ha allowed to have reactions. So like what I've been doing now when Owen's like being crazy is I will like make a crazy noise back at him. Yeah. That's actually from watching the Shaman Durek stuff when he like <laughs> starts croaking like a frog and doing all sorts of weird stuff on his podcast. He's like, I'm going to be a cat. Meow. Hiss. He's, he's like great about like snapping you into yeah, a and new it's just state. like you know sometimes sometimes it's a matter of like that energy needs to like move out of me and like if I'm holding on to it and like fuming and frustrated because I don't know what to do with this three year old who like clearly only has like very easy needs to fill mm -hmm. and mostly he just needs to like feel them if I just like hiss at him or I'm like mom is having a hard time ah like yeah it fixes it it's just the craziest thing so yeah I don't know this whole shadow thing's really curious I wasn't I didn't know where we were gonna take this mm -hmm. episode and this conversation but I think I'm like maybe one of my shadows was shadow like just like a hundred percent because leading up to this yeah. Kayleen has mentioned multiple times I don't do this. she didn't want to do this episode and I was like what I don't understand because to me, it's like so obvious that it's, it's by allowing it and doing it, it's a lot less scary and negative. And it's like the, but the word yeah. work for you, I think because you are so into the allowing, I think the idea, the word work <laughs> for you favorite. is a shadow. Yeah. I think you have a, I think you have a but shadow really, around your being so driven and like hardworking and like. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like, it is, but it's not something that I'm like upset by. It's no. just something I don't really want to pay a lot of attention to or like that's not the fire I want to pour more gasoline yeah. on. But it I think you, exists. I do think you do a good job of shadow work because I think you know all these things about yourself. You've said them all to me in past yeah. times in person and maybe even on the show. But I think like, no, I think just like knowing those things about yourself, I think what you may not realize is there are people out there who are truly oblivious to, I think I know people, known people who talk so much. It's like the one thing that they keep saying to me is the one thing that they do that drives me crazy. And oh, I'm like, oh, yeah. you need to do some shadow work because the <laughs> thing that is bothering you so bad about X, like say I'm with two coworkers and so-and-so is like, Ugh, X just, you know, just does this all the time, drives me crazy. And then it's really what they're doing. And you're yeah. like, Oh, what's well, gossiping about gossip when you're like gossiping about somebody talking behind your back? Like, Oh my God, I can't believe she just said that about me. Da, 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 da. Yes. And you're like doing it. It's like, <laughs> I mean, believe me, I've, I've, I have been that. I have done that. And I'm not saying that I'm like any better for like having come to the other side because like I can get into some oh, gossip God. and drama for yeah, sure. But I do know it is sort of like food. Like if I know I'm about to eat something that like makes me feel gross and then I like you can still enjoy it, but I still know it's going to make, sometimes it's Absolutely. worth it. And then sometimes it's not a hundred percent. And so I've just sort of like found limiting it yeah. and like knowing that like, this is a part of life, like, but also not taking yeah. it too seriously. I like agree. you can like, you can have like a love, a levity with it. And I think that's my house. My approach to housewives now is like, it used to affect me. Like yeah, I would yeah. watch housewives and it would like penetrate. Oh, I love me. housewives. I mean, I have, but I, I only watch like a few now. I only have like, I only, I watch Beverly Hills and <laughs> I watch the EOC and I watch New York. Those are my three. I that's like I have my friend Chase at work and we like lightly gossip, but it's about people we're not close to, like on either side. And it's in this way that's like it actually does bring me joy. And it's <laughs> <laughs> but it's in this it's like what you're talking about, like the difference of a slice of pizza or eating the whole pizza and then like laying on the couch and feeling so disgusting. It's not good, you know, like right. we don't leave that feeling better, yeah. like if it's so bad. Oh, I think that that's like one of the things that I have like really tried to pick myself out of is like family gossip about past situations oh, and rehashing something over and over again. 
And like some of that's really cathartic. And some of that is like, specifically if you're in a situation where the only people who knew you when you were young are your family, which is part of like, there's some people that have that experience. That's definitely my, I don't have any friends that knew me when I was young. I, I, I definitely, I mean, no, that's all contained within my family. Yeah. As well. So like that, sometimes you want to like hear what it was like. You want to like relive those memories, but then like somehow it always takes a dark well, turn. Well, <laughs> it's funny because you, you like I have, you know, two sisters and we each have our own view oh, of like yeah. our lives and they are quite, all of them quite different. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, there's something to be said about like the lens of which we see the world. And, and so, yeah, I definitely think I've had to really do my due diligence in shutting down any kind of like family gossip. I don't do it and because that's a great I, especially being a family of, of women, well, yeah. it's a boundary. I had to go to therapy to learn. And it was very much a big struggle for me because I, you know, there's, that's, you know, that's a whole nother family stuff is a whole nother level. That is some real shadow work always for people, because yeah. I definitely think that your family can be your biggest, you know, mirrors into the, the things that are hardest to deal with about yourself and others. I mean, there's a reason like why, you know, a sibling can get under your skin quicker oh. than anybody else. Like my my, yeah. my sister Meredith can say something to me like like about myself and my ears can turn bright red. Like she's, I mean, we it don't, just like don't use it, but it like literally, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it just, yeah. um, that's hard. I mean, that's yeah. a definitely a, the most triggering thing, but I've definitely had to go to therapy and do my due diligence to learn how to set the boundaries, yeah. deal with it, know what's acceptable and know what's going to make me feel good and what won't. And, you know, and not, not indulge in that because I know that that's, that's going to be like the, the full pizza, the empty pizza box. Like, yes. You know, without like a good intention. Yeah. going into it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, RTT was a really helpful tool for that. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and, that, and that's why I say the lacy stuff is good for that. Yeah. Yeah. So when I did that RTT session with Rachel from rock and co, it was like, again, the question that I was trying to answer wasn't related to my childhood, my upbringing, like my past lives, any of that, but it like sort of just like bubbles up to the surface. So I think like my shadow just like comes when she wants to come. And then like, I have to deal with her when she comes and Mm -hmm. it's like sneaky (laughs) a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So I guess, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to think about. Was there any other resources or books or like releasing rituals or anything that you wanted to talk about? I have two things. Okay. You do yours. Yeah. So, um, well, I wanted to mention that I started Ashley Wood, the host of manifest this podcast. She has an autumnal equinox course that was like 40 bucks. So it was like an easy price point to get into. And it's all about like, you don't have to, the equinox has passed. So you don't have to like do it. I'm like excited to do it when it's like really cool, like a cool mm-hmm. crisp Sunday is like, I have it, it's coming I'm going to do it. But it's, um, a journaling exercise where you talk about your fears and like the, the mm-hmm. dark side of things. And then you on the flip side, talk about like, what's the truth of that shadow. Mm-hmm. So there's a meditation in between. And so I'm really excited to do that. And I like the way that she kind of talks about shadow as just like, the thing that you need to bring like truth and light to. And again, they like exist in the same realm. And then the other thing was Byron Katie. You're familiar with Byron Katie? A little bit. So she's, I mean, she's like OG for Mm -hmm. all this self. I would say like Martha Beck and Byron Katie are both like have been doing this for a um, long time. Gabby Bernstein references Byron Katie a lot. Yeah. So Byron Katie has a really amazing story, but she has this philosophy referred to as the work. And I think her website is Mm thework.com, which is like, Uh, she's had that domain for a while, but the questions you have like a situation or a problem and the questions you ask yourself are, is it true? Yes or no. And then the next question is, can you absolutely know that it's true? Yes or no. So like a lot of situations, like you might feel like I, you know, my coworker hates me. Is Mm -hmm. it true? Yes. Mm-hmm, Can you mm-hmm. absolutely know it's true? No, <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah. And then how do you react? What happens? What do you, when do you believe that thought? And so you like journal on that stuff and then who or what would you be without that thought? So it's like, it totally takes you through like the problem, then you do the work and mm-hmm. then the solution is like shining light on it. Mm-hmm. And like, what, if you were, if you, if you let go of that, not like, it's not telling you to let go, but like, if you were able to let that go, who would you be without it? And that just like opens the door, like creaks it open to like, oh, if I, what, if I didn't believe that, 
this is what's possible. Mm -hmm. And you might have to revisit that like many times in a lifetime, but just like knowing, like imagining the possibility of like, what am I without that is like a really freeing thing to do. And so my, I mean, this was like 10 years ago and my coach introduced me to that. And anytime I'm like in a real pickle of despair, like the work and the four, it's four questions. It's super easy. It's just like walking you through those steps. And it pulls you from it. It just like, yeah, it just shines a little light. I mean, I think like my biggest takeaway from in doing all this and like preparation, I in reading that Debbie Ford book, um, and she gets into really extreme cases and she gets into like somebody being a pedophile and being like a murderer. Like she gets into really extreme cases. And I I liked what she said because she was like, there's still something in you. Like, you know, those are like the darkest, bleakest things. But what what I kind of thought that was so interesting is if more of us were willing in this instance to own things about ourselves that we don't like, how much more connected we all feel. And she, it, she wrote this book years ago, but it, to me, it reflected back a lot of where we are now, like even in our politics and our stances mm. on things and how we all stand, we are all so firm in what we believe being like right and the, mm. and the truth that we don't get to the fact of like, like I care so much about humanity and you don't care about humanity. And so like we're on separate sides, but like then you're not caring about the human that is that person that isn't the same as you and doesn't have the same beliefs. And like that is part of humanity, whether you like it or not. So like, like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of finding that like from one pendulum to the next, finding that like middle ground. But like, Mm -hmm. I do think there's something about like shadow work that even if you did it on like the most basic level where it's like, I think if I could challenge our listeners this week to like look at like maybe examine your pet peeves like you know I, I did for y'all <laughs> or to like examine you know something that bothered you on social media or something that just see something that like notice something that bothers you this week and then see what you can find out about yourself from that. Mm-hmm. And I think that like that would be my challenge to you and I think if we all did a little bit of that like we'd we'd relate better and we'd find a little bit more like common ground. Mm. And I think like that was my biggest takeaway in learning and kind of like doing more of the reading leading up to this and, and really thinking a little bit more about like, I was going to say like, what are my things and you know, how I feel. And, um, and actually I was hoping that this would be like a cathartic experience. I was like worried. I was like, Oh God, I don't want to feel like drained doing this episode. And I actually feel like it was kind of more cathartic and that was what I'd hoped for. So setting intentions works. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh my gosh. You manifested it. I did. Okay. Um, so I think that's a perfect place to wrap up. Let us know if you have any rituals and practices for working with your shadow. We'd love to know. Yes, friends. Thanks so much for listening. It means a ton to us when you share our episodes with your friends and leave reviews for us on Apple Podcasts. We have been loving the reviews that have been coming in. So thanks again. We'll be back next week to talk about the chakra system. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you, friends, for listening. Please connect with us at thatsprettywoo.com and on Instagram at thatsprettywoo. Make sure you subscribe to catch next week's episode and share our pod with anyone you know who's into stuff. That's That's Pretty pretty woo. Woo.